So joining us here in the studio for the news briefing is Son j i u n Good morning to you. Good morning, Henry. All right. Well, we had some good news to start off the week as far as these COVID-19 infection numbers are concerned. We were dipping down. We even got below the 300 mark uh, mm-hmm. for the Monday numbers. And then... Uh, We were cautioning everybody, as we always do, that uh, this does not indicate a long-term trend yet. And unfortunately, (laughs) we are kind of shooting back up again. And the reason why we point to it, and I know a lot of religious religious people will feel a little sensitive about it. Well, not all religious people, but mainly Protestant Christian people because they're feeling like they're being Mm -hmm. blamed. But yet again, we can say that uh, the crux of why we have new infections is yet another church. Yes. Uh, Early this week, the number of daily confirmed cases dropped to as low as 288. The next day, slightly increased to 303, but yesterday the number jumped by 141 to 444. The total now stands at 81,930. The culprit behind this disappointing trend is yet another religious organization known as the Victory Altar, a Christian new religious movement. Some 20 members of Victory Altar have been confirmed to have contracted the virus while staying at the altar's dormitory. One of those members, a man in his 50s, worked at a nearby cram school and some 33 students and instructors there were also confirmed to have been infected. These other numbers that have been confirmed till today, which means it's likely uh, going to increase uh, since there were more staying at the four-story and five-story dormitories there. Due to the outbreak of this cluster infection in Gyeonggi, Gyeonggi saw an increase in its daily caseloads. Now, of the 444 cases reported yesterday, Gyeonggi accounted for 169, Seoul 175, and Incheon 20. As you can see, metropolitan areas still account for the vast majority of the cases. Right, and so again, we have this uh, issue where the... Religious organizations, and again, mostly these Protestant religious organizations, they tend to be the ones that are a bit more resistant to Mm -hmm. the social distancing regulations and maybe even more defiant and somehow feel it's an attack on their religious beliefs or Mm -hmm. freedom to worship. Because a lot of us didn't know that there are hundreds and hundreds of these students gathered and cloistered in these dormitories or training centers In close quarters, a lot of other educational institutions have the same situation, but they've by and large tried to abide by social distancing regulations. So um, it's going to have to be a situation where you hope for cooperation, but if not, you're going to have to force some kind of mandate, which Mm. is why, unfortunately, we still have that gathering ban of more than five people, including during the Lunar Nearest holidays, which, again, Mm -hmm. we say prevents these families from actually gathering. Uh, bad news for all the uh, shimonis, the, uh, <laughs> the mother-in-laws out there. Uh, one thing that can bring the numbers down, though, to you is the uh, widespread inoculation of the population through vaccines. Now, we know that several countries around the world have already rolled out their vaccination programs, and it does look like Korea is very close to doing so as well. 
Yes, uh, the Ministry of Food and Drug Safety announced that it has granted conditional approval for the use of the COVID-19 vaccine made by AstraZeneca. This means that it's approving the use of the vaccine for all adults over 18, including those over 65, despite continued concerns on whether the drug will be effective and safe for elderlies. Now, some continue to worry since the decision is, in, is contrary to that made by other countries that have either not approved or recommended against giving AstraZeneca shots to people aged over 65. Mm -hmm. The Food and Drug Safety Ministry uh, did add some additional requirements and conditions, though, and those are, it said it's approving the use for 65 and over on condition that the pharmaceutical company submits additional data on clinical trials since people aged 65 and over as the trials meant to test the effectiveness of the vaccine only included some 600 160 people, which is 7.4% of the participants in total. The final review board of the vaccine explained that the AstraZeneca vaccine has the efficacy rate of 62% and most abnormal reactions detected during the clinical trials were those commonly associated with vaccination, such as pain on the site of injection, feeling of pressure, pre- pressure, pain, uh, pressure pain, bruise, heat, fatigue, uh, migraine, fever, muscle pain, and so on that generally wear off after a day or two. No severe abnormal reactions were detected in patients aged over 65. Following this decision, Korea will begin its nationwide inoculation on the 26th of this month, uh, which is only days away, starting with 776,900 people, including medical staffs and elderlies. One will need two shots to be fully vaccinated and will have to get his or her, sec- his or her second shot in 4 to 12 weeks since the first shot. Yeah, so I'm not sure whether the bigger concern, because you're hearing a lot of complaints in the media about mm-hmm. the AstraZeneca vaccine. Um, some are pointing to the possible danger to the elderly population and the way the reason that other countries are uh, holding off mm-hmm. on approving it for uh, people aged 65 or other. But I believe the main um, whining or complaining or concern expressed about the AstraZeneca vaccine is the 62% number. Mm-hmm. I think it's because you, everyone has this idea of brands and what they're going to buy and if you buy something that's good or not. And, and people, I think we're thinking that with the vaccine as well. Mm-hmm. And so you go, oh, Pfizer, Moderna, they, they have 90% effective. Mm-hmm. Why are we, the, the first one we're getting is AstraZeneca. What's wrong with the government? Right. That, that seems like the human nature response that's going on right now. If it's safe, and as you say, most of these side effects that you're seeing are kind of -of run-of-the-mill, ordinary Mm -hmm. kind of percentage of side effects that you see for any uh, widespread vaccination program, including the flu shot. So there's nothing out of the ordinary with AstraZeneca, as we know so far. And so Mm -hmm. if the rollout is uh, occurring, uh, as we've been saying, the key is to get as many people as possible healthily vaccinated, regardless of the vaccine. And Mm -hmm. that is going to achieve the herd immunity that we need so that we can all get back to normal. And so we need to keep that big picture in mind rather than this kind of individual, like, I want the Moderna, I want the Pfizer Mm -hmm. or AstraZeneca and and all that. So hopefully uh, that's the message that gets across eventually from the government. Let's turn to politics because as we head into the Lunar New Year's holidays, Tune, one of the traditions here in Korea, besides gathering with your family members, is talking 
about politics <laughs> over the dinner table, right? And uh, we have a lot of politics to talk about because these upcoming by-elections in April are huge. It's going to be for the Seoul and Busan mayoral races. And uh, they are going to be considered to be very strong indicators for the upcoming presidential elections in about a year or so from now. So the race for Seoul, that is certainly heating up. And it's going to be a very busy time for these candidates uh, as they are going to try to garner more support and try to shake things up a bit. Yes, um, this Lunar New Year holiday is going to be... very critical uh, for the candidates uh, since, you know, like when different polls tell different stories. According to a Realmeter survey, uh, former SMEs and startup minister Park Yong-sun came in first, outperforming minor opposition People's Party chief An Chol-su, uh, sorry, minor opposition People's Party chief An Chol-su, former main opposition People's Power Party floor leader Na Kyung-won and former Seoul mayor Oh Se-hun. On the other hand, a polling by Embrain Public said Ahn is the most favored candidate with a support rate of some 45%, followed by Park with 35%. Likewise, uh, the Lunar New Year holiday may be their chance if they wish to change things up a bit while the numbers are still split. Uh, Contenders are busy starting off the holiday promoting their pledges while bringing down and criticizing those of other contenders. Uh, Park, for instance, stressed her very first online pledge, which is to introduce digital currency in Seoul. Woo, another contender from the ruling side, stressed how he will carry on the former, now late Seoul Mayor Park Won-soon's legacy. Main opposition contenders Na and Oh both visited traditional markets. Na promised to make Seoul healthier in terms of governance and even went as far as to mention that a possible regime change starts with the Seoul mayoral position. Uh, Oh promised to make the city safer, pledging to make CCTV installation in public bathrooms mandatory. Ahn, meanwhile, targeted women um, and working moms in particular. He visited a kids' cafe and discussed ways to help working mothers balance both work and childcare. It's fascinating to see these uh, various candidates and what strategies that they're kind of undergoing by how they're announcing what policies they're pushing for or what they're criticizing. Park kind of relying on her uh, experience now Mm -hmm. as the SME's minister and really kind of fundamentally kind of saying, look, I'm the most prepared for this job right now. Um, She even cited her college major being um, uh, urban development. Mm -hmm. And and, and she's talked about all of these things that she's going to try to implement from her uh, few years of experience right now as SME's minister, including some of these modern uh, concepts like digital currency. Usango seems to be really kind of more now because he's not gotten as much attention as you would expect mm-hmm. uh, kind of trying to maybe appeal more to the, the hardcore democratic mm-hmm. base and even embracing the legacy of the former mayor Park Won-soon right. where other candidates have maybe been trying to mm-hmm. shy away because of all the controversies opposition side the question is still We don't really know about their policies, except I think famously, I think online, a lot of people have been having some fun at uh, Na Kyung-won with her kind of wild, outlandish mm-hmm. promises of money right. and even calling her Na Kyung-young, which yes. is a, a, a parody of another a famous politician by the name of Ho Kyung-young, who's mm-hmm. actually running, who always promises these mm-hmm. kind of wild and crazy things. Oh Se-won, the former mayor, seems to have fallen off a little bit because of some faux pas and um, mistakes made on the campaign trail. Mm-hmm. And then finally, of course, An Chasu, the outsider in this race from the major two parties, um, wanting some kind of consolidation of the presidency. Question is, most people focus on the opposition side. Are they going to unify or not? And not really focusing on the actual what are they going to represent as leaders of the city. And so 
the political drama seems to be more of interest to the public. And if they unify or not, it does seem to be a big factor in whether they have a chance to win this nomination, Mm -hmm. which does appear still to be uh, a favorable environment for the opposition because of various factors, including Uh, dissatisfaction with the government, which we will talk to about now, because Mm -hmm. this, again, uh, being drummed up by the media is another example of the government doing bad things. Uh, Usually the Blue House is very careful of commenting on ongoing investigations against members of their government Mm -hmm. or these uh, pending trials, but they made an exception this time around and expressed regret on how this case was handled. We were talking about this before, but it's the former environment minister being jailed and how it's being misrepresented in the media as a so-called blacklist scandal. Yes. Uh, Early this week, former Environment Minister Kim Eun-kyung was convicted of abuse of power and was jailed for two years and six months. In 2018, the main opposition, then referred to as Liberty Korea Party, raised allegations that the Ministry of Environment created a blacklist of public servants based on political ideologies and used a list to purge those who don't suit their palate. Usually, the presidential office avoids commenting on ongoing cases, but in order to prevent unverified speculations from spreading further, it decided to speak up this time. Chawade spokesman Kang Min-seok said the case should not be characterized as a blacklist case. He said a blacklist would refer to a list of people designated to, uh, de- designed to discriminate against certain individuals, but he clarified that there were no blacklists, meaning no surveillance on those individuals. individuals as well, which is why the case isn't un- isn't a isn't one involving a blacklist. Uh, Chawade also commented on the prosecutorial investigation over the shutdown of Walsung One nuclear power plant as well. Uh, Kang explained that, that, that the shutdown of the plant was one of the president's key national agendas and thus it's hard to accept how it has become a subject for a judicial judgment. Yeah. So bottom line How do you think of what a blacklist means? Mm-hmm. For most people, a blacklist is like when, if let's say Son j i y u n was a famous actress, and mm-hmm. then during this Hello Fairy tragedy, she just was so upset about what mm-hmm. was happening and how the government mishandled the situation, and she spoke and she said, I don't like what's going on, and I feel so um, mm-hmm. sorrowful for the victims. And then the government says, uh-oh, you know, you said the wrong thing, and they banned you from starring in any other movies or TV shows and mm-hmm. anything. That's a blacklist because mm-hmm. that's, you know, barring somebody or hurting them, Uh, career-wise because of their political beliefs. Mm -hmm. This case is about, as a new administration comes in, and again, the Korean traditional cultural thing of when a new leadership comes in, they usually kind of clean out the entire team and bring their own guys in. That was what was the attempt. There was this minister coming in. There were some holdovers from the Park Geun-hye administration, and she said, basically, could you guys resign, step Mm -hmm. aside so I can bring my team in? They refused. Mm -hmm. What was being questioned here, and the judge ruled on, fact of actually asking these people to resign Mm -hmm. was the problem. Mm -hmm. And so I I guess you can say that's also blacklisting if you you are kind of believing what the conservative Mm -hmm. media is saying. But it is a very different situation than what happened with the uh, Pakane blacklist Mm -hmm. uh, situation. So just to make that clear. Let's talk about the main opposition party. They have a new, they have a temporary chairman, Kim Jong-in. He has been considered to be a very smart and savvy uh, political operator, but 
this time, he really stepped in it because he, he made a faux pas that has angered a lot of people. I, ma- I imagine a lot of young women out there as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, I was surprised by his remarks. Yeah. Well, PPP interim chief Kim visited a welfare facility for single parents in Sodamungu district. And there, when describing unwed single mothers with intellectual disabilities, Kim used the word abnormal. The ruling and minor opposition justice party, as well as various civil organizations, including an association of unwed single mothers and single parents, jumped at Kim's remarks and called for his apology. Ruling DP's spokesperson Ha Young said Kim's remarks come from the underlying discrimination and prejudice against people with disabilities and unwed single mothers, and that Kim branded this socially underrepresented group of people as not normal. Senior spokesman of the Justice Party, Chung Ho-jin, also issued a statement and criticized Kim. He said the reason why we keep seeing such discriminatory remarks by politicians is is because those remarks were always forgiven for being a slip of the tongue. He's an 80-year-old man. Maybe he didn't have bad intentions, but... Mm -hmm. Just from a young person's point of view, just in the Korean term of 정상적인, right? Where mm-hmm. he was basically saying, I have not seen really any n- normal. Like, normal people uh, uh, of this demographic. It's, it's just highly offensive, to be yeah. honest. And, and considering his position, yeah. he should have been more careful. Right, regardless if he's 80 yeah. years old or not, right? Yeah. As, a, as a smart politician. Well, uh, some people, um, of course, uh, will uh, take offense to it and we'll see what the damage is. Let's talk about the economy now. Um, We have various measures aimed at stimulating the economy. The pandemic obviously has had a bad effect and the the job market has really taken a big hit. Mm Mm-hmm. According to Statistics Korea, some 25.8 million people found jobs last month, that is in January, which is 982,000 less than the same period last year. Now, this is the biggest drop since the so-called the IMF crisis uh, 22 years ago here in Korea. And the number of unemployed hit 1.57 million, the highest since 1999. Number of employees decreased in all age groups but the drop was particularly bigger in those aged 60 and over. This is partly due to the fact that the government-led job program for elderly has ended. In general, employment shrunk in in in-person businesses such as beauty, funeral, wedding, restaurants, and lodging businesses. Um, But on the other hand, employment in the transport warehouse business did increase thanks to the introduction and spread of delivery apps. Yeah, and so the hope is, again... It's, it's a long-term vision, but uh, as the vaccine programs roll out, mm-hmm. as we get some semblance of um, normalcy, you're going to see a huge explosion in those jobs, as you mentioned, beauty, funeral, wedding, mm-hmm. restaurants, because now people can actually gather right. and there's going to be demand for those services. That, that is the hope going forward. Final story, the World Health Organization failed to prove that the coronavirus that has been devastating us all around originated from Wuhan, China, and so... This is weird. Uh, Experts and uh, academics are kind of uh, finding this to be a bit of a head-scratcher. Yes. Well, we're all familiar with how the ex-president in the U.S. kind of questioned WHO's Mm -hmm. credibility or neutrality, uh, saying that WHO is, you know, uh, favoring China. And this time, I guess... 
the debate has surfaced again. The head of a WHO-led team probing the origins of COVID-19 ruled out a lab leak from Wuhan, China. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki told reporters at a press briefing that the administration was not involved in the planning and implementation of the investigation and wants to take an independent review of the findings and supporting data. State Department spokesman of the U.S., Ned Price, said he could not conclusively say that the WHO's experts had received full cooperation from China, but the Chinese have not offered the requisite transparency they need. Academics around the world also raised questions on the credibility of WHO's findings, saying how the WHO concluded its findings based on data submitted solely by the lab itself and its conversations with the lab staffs. All right. Well, the unfortunate thing about this is it's just going to rise so many conspiracy mm-hmm. theories about who started the virus, right. was this intentional, and all of this. And so we hope that we can get some sound scientific evidence uh, eventually. j i y u n I want to wish you a happy s o l a l And we look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you happy very much. Happy s o l a l to you too.